Welcome to the Ruby Hour, a podcast produced by our company, Ruby Riot Creatives. We specialize in video production and content marketing, and we're based in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm Shelby Ring. And I'm Madeline Rager. This podcast is devoted to interviewing extraordinary people doing extraordinary things and nuggets of wisdom that they've learned along their journey. Also, just want to give you a heads up, uh, we have potty mouths and we're talking about inappropriate things. Welcome to the Ruby Hour. Today, I have the amazing Jessica Ruger. Jessica, thank you so much for coming and being with me today. Oh, I'm honored. Um, (laughs) Jessica is somebody that I have been working with for months and months. Uh, She is a self-mastery coach here in Charleston. And, oh man, I mean, in my own personal experience of working with you, it's been such a night and day shift of finding clarity and learning about end results and knowing where I actually want to drive my life. And I'm so happy to be able to catch this hour with you and dive into all of the things we're going to dive into today. Um, What got you on your journey with self-mastery? Well, I've always been a big believer in, you know, changing my identity. Kind of went through a lot of different phases in my life and it was always really fun to you know see what I could create and mm-hmm. in the way that I could transform my life and you know I grew I moved out of home early and I moved to Germany and I just started taking on different personas but from a very dysfunctional aspect so I really wanted to be a coach ever since I was little people would come to me and and talk to me and share their secrets with me and mm-hmm. and yeah. I started working with a guy who was teaching me consciousness David Michael started teaching me how to be conscious and have integrity and so that really got the ball rolling into mm-hmm. my coaching and then recently started working with another coach two and a half years ago and he's the one that's been teaching me how to powerfully create functionally mm-hmm. and yeah. so everything changed oh. <laughs> I love that. Now, how long have you been in Charleston? I've been in Charleston for just under 30 years. Whoa. Yeah. Well, maybe 30 years. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. <laughs> what like originally brought you to Charleston? How did you come across from gallivanting and like just, you know, living your best life in Europe and all of your experience? What eventually brought you to South Carolina? Well, to be honest, I didn't know South Carolina was really a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up in Michigan, I was like, California, Arizona, Florida. Like, those were my <laughs> places I wanted to live in yes. America. And yeah. um, But I went on vacation with a, when I moved out of my house, I lived with a friend and her mom and dad took us to Myrtle Beach. Okay. And I was like, Myrtle Beach? And there was, there was the beach and there was palm trees. And I was like, oh my gosh, South Carolina seemed like a undiscovered territory and so that really perked my attention and then when I got back from Germany I took a job and I immediately met a girl who shared the same birthday as me and she was moving to Columbia South Carolina and I was like okay that's pretty close so I went with her and that's how I ended up here cool yeah that is so awesome so I feel like your superpower that I've experienced is the ability to hold space for people and track with, you know, let's say like in this last week in my life, you know, I tried to share something on social media Mm -hmm. and trying to reach out to my community and I had a pure intention with it. And then I immediately got sized up and analyzed and I felt there was like a lot of judgment around something I wasn't expecting. Um, How did you learn to 
hold the space for people and actively listen like the presence that you bring with me whenever we meet each week and I'm sharing my story or my journey or like what I'm you know the real the real like part of my French the real shit (laughs) we all work through and what um you know what holds up a lot of our energy how did you learn to maneuver with people through that well, a lot of experience, a lot of doing it the other way. I was definitely somebody that liked to jump in, and I still catch myself sometimes mm-hmm. jumping in and interrupting and wanting to be heard and wanting to say my piece. And and I started to see how that wasn't really serving my client, and it wasn't serving the relationship, and it wasn't really helping me use my intuition because in order for me to read, I really need to be listening and watching and being present and in the moment and not trying to figure out what I'm going to say next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. I just watched a comedian where he was like, you know, I was in a conversation. The person was going like this. And I was waiting for my next moment to jump in. And mm-hmm. it's like, how often are we really listening? Not very often. <laughs> Man. I mean, so you and I have had several conversations around this. And like um, a couple weeks ago, I feel like we had a mind blowing experience talking about you know as women in you know right now it's 2019 social media and like how it's affecting people in the sense of are we using it as like a comparison contrast am i keeping up with whoever am i better than you know we're using it as this judging piece in our lives and it's the new my opinion it's the new keeping up with the joneses Mm -hmm. And um, and really sizing up, you know, other women or other families, you know, whatever people's angle is for me, you know, I'm a 29, about to be 29 year old woman. And so it's like, how do you keep in check with like what your truth is and maneuver through this digital era where it's like either you feel like you have to engage and post or it's on the other side. You're a consumer and mm-hmm. you're like watching and keeping up and like monitoring people. What's your like? What do you think about that? Well, it's interesting. It's changed a lot. It, it just, it, it vacillates, vacillates, I don't know the word. Um, it's, it's, it's very different than it used to be. Um, you know, I really wanted to be seen. I wanted to compare myself to all of the people out there that I thought I wanted to be like and, and do what I thought they were doing that was getting them success and, and really making a lot of comparisons and judging myself mm-hmm. if I wasn't getting as many likes or as many followers yeah. and what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me, you know, the, all the stuff that's normal that we do. And then when I started to really look at my own dysfunction around it, I started to notice what I was making it mean about me. Mm. And, it, and it really helped me to kind of free myself from that. I'm like, well, what does it, what am I making it mean about me? Where am I thinking that I'm not enough? Where are these core beliefs that we work with, right? Like, where am I thinking that I'm not worthy or I have to be perfect in all of these core beliefs that we grow up with? And so it really helped me to take myself out of it and start to use it more functionally. And I still catch myself like looking at, you know, I'm going to be 50 this year. So there's a lot of younger girls on the on the social media yeah. who are like super fit. And me being super fit used to be really, really important to me. That's mm-hmm. I hid myself from the world by being super fit because yeah. I didn't care if I got it right. I didn't care if I was understood. I just wanted to look good doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the way that. I mean, I'm shocked with, as I talk to girls that are like 
10 years younger than me and also younger you know I have Mm -hmm. um, some girls that are little sisters to me and hearing how um, it's like consuming people and even you know Chris was telling me about um, you know there's like a, a an Asian pop singer girl that you know is is like Billie Eilish's age you know she's like young teens and she got, you know, so whatever social media shamed that mm-hmm. uh, she recently just took her life. Oh, geez. You know, from from this this platform of of like an, being anonymous and spewing judgmental thoughts about people, and in this case, it was her singing. And you know what? Um, like what? tools or what's your perspective for young women where like this is the norm for them like for me social media has happened in the last six years and it wasn't part of normal life for my world but for the next generation of women where it's like you know it like take a picture it didn't happen and this level like what what would you want to say to them Wow, that's a great question. And immediately what comes up is just, you know, we as older women need to educate the younger women. And and we need to set an example and demonstrate for them because I would want them to hear, you know, not to take it personally. And you can't compare yourself. You can't begin to understand what somebody's going through just because of the way their page looks or Hmm. where they're traveling or everyone's fighting a fight within themselves to some extent you know none of us is void of having a um, trauma or tragedy or abuse of some sort or you know people overstepping our boundaries or whatever to any level any degree it's just really important that you know we keep it in the conversation and invite them to consider that you know if it's happening if something's happening for you we can we can fairly assume that it's happening to other people mm-hmm. and we're all wanting to be seen in a certain way and what we're seeing is the way people want us to see them in a certain way not what's really happening yeah. and, and so many people are admitting that you know yeah. this is my highlight reel and i like that you know yeah it is and you know show me the real stuff yeah <laughs> i just saw a post of like Chris Hemsworth and he's like in a full tuxedo like so to the nines and he's like hey guys like just wanted to show you the real me like (laughs) rolled out of bed like he totally riffed off of that like Mm -hmm. this thing of oh yeah like this is me like I just magically Mm -hmm. have all this perfect concealer and like yeah hashtag no filter yeah and it's just like I'm so tired of it and being in the marketing industry and like and being in a visual industry you know we're helping people curate like brand promo content and we are that's our line of work and I mean of course with weddings there's a certain level of that and people are you know they want to be their best self on their wedding day but when it comes to like brand imagery and doing like video shoots and photo shoots you know it's like we're creating this image but I have this ongoing experiment that I think through of like what is the most truly engaging content and I look at what do I really uh engage with and I've like I went through a phase where I unfollowed you know it's like every you know that girl out there that has the perfectly curated whatever it is like I got so I think we're inundated with that now, mm-hmm. and and it's just where you know it's not even about oh you have like a nice light color filter that like all your images have the same palette. It's not so much that as it is like 
you know, I think we're looking for like the raw selfie. You know, we're looking for someone that's like, hey, like here's us at a baseball game, whatever. I kind of look like shit. Like, it's like we want to see, I feel like I'm looking for those moments for people of, I love to see people just living their life and maybe they snapped a picture or maybe they, you know, lagged or. Yeah, it's a blend. I mean, you look at like Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, Eat, Pray, Mm -hmm. Love. You look at her feed. It's all from an iPhone, you yep. know, unless it's it's just like I love it's documenting real life rather than taking all this time to stage the real life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, what do you feel like? What do you try to pull from with social media when you go online and you're in a consumer perspective? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if it looks like this scroll through what helps you of either what are you looking for and then also like how do you what works for you of like filtering and staying rooted in the midst of like having opportunities to let your like monkey mind you know follow and uh do what it does best which is compare and contrast yeah well it took me i don't know seven to ten days to unfollow thousands and thousands and thousands because I heard that the more that you follow the more that you get followed oh okay (laughs) the classic like hashtag follow me back like for likes like that thinking that thinking and and it was just it was an infinite scroll like it never ended and so I edited back and it took it was it was laborious you know unfollow 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 And and eventually got it down to like 111 because I like those consecutive numbers. And then, you know, I was missing out a little bit. You know, I was getting to the end of the feed really quickly. Like sometimes (laughs) there'd only be two or three posts. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, okay. So I bumped it up to 222. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I want to see I want to see behind the curtain. I want to see people's real interactions. I and I'm very attuned to the curated like I can tell. I can really see when it's superficial or when it's not real. And I notice what comes up for me when I see that. So that's a lot of the work that I've been doing is like, well, that's me being judgmental or, you know, am I just observing the obvious, you know, mm. to, be, to be determined. Yeah. But yeah, I just really, I do it when it feels true for me and I don't do it to compare. And when I notice I'm comparing, I just do the work. I, I look and say, what am I making that mean about me? So you know? for people that are new to this work, mm-hmm. what does, what am I making it mean about me? Like, unpack that a little yeah. for me, because that's been one of the most mind-blowing things you've introduced to me in my life and in Madeline's life as well. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, what is that? Like, okay, I see that post. Mm-hmm. I see the girl, and she looks freaking beautiful. Amazing. It's the real truth of it, right? <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, like, fuck that bitch, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. that, that, like, part of myself rears up. Mm-hmm. What am I making it mean? Like, walk me through that. Well, immediately you go into a story, right? Yeah. Because we're making everything up anyway. And we're usually doing it from a dysfunctional aspect. And we're wanting to get a jolt of feeling more powerful. And so Mm. immediately, you know, we'll say, fuck that bitch or something like we got to put her down so Mm. that we can get that hit of adrenaline Mm. that makes us feel better for a minute. And it's really unhealthy, right? We, We make up stories. 
So we're making up a story. You know, I had a story. Oh, well, she must have had a better life than me. She probably grew up with a lot of money and her mom and dad loved her and took her on trips and bought her what she wanted. Or, you know, I had all these stories that people that were more successful than me had it better than me. So that was me staying in my victim mentality. So I had a story that was running that somebody had it better than me. And that's they had help from their dad or financial inheritance or some kind of a gift Mm -hmm. that gave them, you know, a jolt up. Yeah. And so basically it's looking at the story and stalking the story, as my teacher says. And you know what a stalker does. It watches every move, you know. It doesn't take his eye off of the prey or whatever. Yeah. So you really want to really watch the stories that you're telling yourself because most of the time we're telling them to ourselves unconsciously. Yeah. And every time we tell ourselves a story, we, our subconscious mind is looking for proof that that story is true. Yes. So that we can be right. Yeah. Because what feels better than putting down a gorgeous woman than feeling like mm-hmm. we're right, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. really important to see. So when you're saying that story and you're looking at it, you're like, well, what am I making that mean about me? That yeah. I'm not gorgeous? Yeah. That I don't have what it takes to be successful because my dad didn't give me a big chunk of change when I graduated from high school yeah. or because of this or because of that. And so every time there's an excuse for not being who you want to be, yeah. you're putting the power in the excuse and mm. not into your creative ability to go out there and create what you want. Does that yeah. make it clear? Well, and it's like... I think my story that I love to say is being like, it's like, must be nice, like, must be nice to have mm-hmm. nothing better to do than like curate a beautiful image or like whatever it took to get to that place. Must be nice. And then my story is like, well, you know, they're in a traditional woman's role of mm-hmm. like, oh, she's got a cash cow husband or yeah. like, you know, this whole pattern. But it's like, That doesn't, at the end of my little, like, standing on my soapbox and being like, uh, and being the mean girl, which, like, I don't like experiencing being the victim of the mean girl, and I don't like, I don't like receiving that energy, and it's like, when I step into being the mean girl and being like, yeah, it's because of this, uh, and then it's like, see, I'm right, and it's like, yeah, that felt good, and then, like, four or five seconds later, it drops, like that, like, yep. uh, energy drops. drops, and then it's like, oh, like, then you're back to exactly where you were before. So mm-hmm. what you're suggesting is it's like, oh, I get that hit of like, oh, that's like, must be nice. And right, then to right. be like, uh, I see, mm-hmm. I am questioning, I'm seeing somebody that's beautiful, and I'm fact-checking myself of that I'm not connecting with my sense of power and self-worth and acknowledging that I've got everything I need right now as well and like bless that girl Mm -hmm. bless her you know like what a like bamf like good for her someone give her a trophy you know Mm -hmm. and then be like okay cool so what do I need to do in my life maybe it's even like okay Uh, Like, here you are, Shelby, right now, just as you are, like, two weeks after having, like, a chest cold, whatever, like, you're killing it. Like, channel channel your inner Lizzo, right? And Mm -hmm. be like, I'm perfect just right now. Like, I'm into my fitness and eating. What's her, what's her handle? It's like... Lizzo eating stuff or like Lizzo's eating. <laughs> she has like the most badass Instagram nice. handle I've ever seen. And and being like, here's that work. And if it is like, okay, damn, I wish I had that body. Like I wish I was like at that peak level of fitness. 
then maybe the practical thing is like, maybe I should take two seconds and look at the local gyms near me. That's been something on the back burner, but we exert that like ping of yep. adrenaline and we lose the charge. Absolutely, of the, the tension, creative. the creative tension. Tell so me. a couple of things that just popped for me when I was listening to you talk. One is you are responsible to yourself for the experience you wanna be having. And maybe you're getting that quick adrenaline rush in a moment, but then, like you said, four seconds later, it's like the bottom drops right out, and you're not only back where you started, you might be have hemorrhaged so much energy in that comparison that you're actually at a deficit to where you were. Whoa. Right? So you've hemorrhaged all this energy. You've really, you've, you've released this tension because tension seeks resolution. So you've relieved your tension, which you could use to create the body you want to create, but you're spending your time avoiding what you don't want, looking at pictures that are showing you better bodies or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And you're not mastering yourself in the moment to know that when you look at those pictures, this is what happens, but you mm -hmm. keep looking at the pictures. It's like an addiction and we all yes. have them to varying degrees. Yes, it's right. like the, it's like the, when you get the ping of notifications mm -hmm. from social yeah. media. It's like dopamine. Yes. And they've like tracked that. Yeah, That's like legit. Yeah. So if you're saying it's like we build this cycle of comparison contrast. And I think that makes me think of like, you know, my girlfriend that's 17 right now and how she's like my biggest struggle as, uh, you know, a senior in high school right now is like I can't get out of the vortex of how I, I compare and contrast. Mm -hmm. I beat myself down into a hole and I can't get out. And she'll get depressed for several days and, you know, whatever her outlet is, if it's binging and purging, you know, it's like she, you know, she um, she doesn't have new tools realized yet yeah. to process and to move beyond what she's, like, built a pattern around. So you're saying, like, this concept of an energy drain and that literally, because sometimes, and I've thought about this and I've heard these teachings of, like, like I think of like back in the day when I used to wait tables, mm -hmm. there was nothing better than getting with other servers and talking shit about the guests. Yeah, like you want to talk about like your own little mini rot rally. Mm -hmm. you My know, table like, number five. Oh yeah, you're like, did you hear what right. she said? You're like, yeah, you see that? You see mm. that mom over there? You know what she just said to me? She just asked for two ketchups. What is this? Who does she think she is? What kind of place do you <laughs> think this is? Right? And so it's like that is like a high of like getting to rally together and talk shit with people is like the foundation I feel like of many of my close relationships and it's like there's something that's fun and it's like with talking shit about other women specifically mm -hmm. when we want to get together and analyze like oh that girl yeah. yeah she's one of these people and like and we do this thing but like what you're suggesting with this it will, this creative tension the mm -hmm. moment I have that hit of like ugh like, fuck that bitch, you know, like that, that little, like, mm -hmm. nah, I'm scared, I'm going to act like I'm fierce, but really I'm, I'm threatened, that's yep. what's really happening. That's what's happening. You're saying, if I come in and I, like, rally with all my girlfriends and I'm like, oh, let's, like, mock this girl to make ourselves feel better, that that's, like, a next-level drain of... Absolutely. Well, you know, energy, so tension seeks resolution and energy seeks, like, energy, and so if you're comparing and you know to yourself to another woman and you're in a group of women that do that it's going to be really easy to drop into that vibration mm -hmm. and it's a way to connect we're always looking to connect but we can connect at higher vibrations 
And what we're doing is we're connecting at a lower vibration, the lower hanging fruit, the easy way. It's easy to fall into that lower dip, you know, yeah. and dip into that and have fun and feel accepted and liked and approved of and connected with. Yeah. And so my invitation is to find a higher vibration, a higher way to connect and to use our creative energy to create what we want instead of avoiding what we don't want, instead of dropping in and, you know, in doing what's easy and it doesn't feel good. You know, we don't want to be on the other end of that. And so it's important that we the more that we talk about other people, the more that in the back of our lives, we're going to be worrying about being spoken of. Yes. Right? So we're perpetuating the problem. So attracting people that are on that lower vibe of the sense of when you meet people and if the main thing you're talking about is talking smack finding flaws with other people the more we're building the fear in the back of our mind it's like oh my gosh when i walk away i hope they're not going to say these things about me why wouldn't they why wouldn't they (laughs) and i felt that and it's like to find people that truly like you're describing if I raise my vibration and we can, I'd love for you to speak to like, what the heck does that mean in real <laughs> life, right. right? Like not just like moon stars and stuff. Yeah, it's and, not so esoteric. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like when we work to better ourselves and stop doing what we're always used to doing. And so if it's if I'm just used to rallying together with my friends and talking smack and mm-hmm. just being negative, like yeah. how, it is hard to not be negative and, and you know, there's that quote, um, you know, it's like mediocre people talk about people, yes. great people talk about ideas and create it like ways to create. Yes. I was trying to think of that two seconds uh, ago and, yeah. and I was listening. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. And, and so, wow. So when we find people that we talk smack with, we're just like plateauing with our energy yeah and it's really hard if you have a habit of that with people like i know i've changed friend groups a few times and i've i've rekindled most of those friendships but for a while i needed the separation because i couldn't trust myself yeah to not do that i couldn't trust myself and i didn't want to you know if they started talking i was going to start talking because it is it's like crack or whatever you know we're like oh we're like all in this it's so it's bonding but it's a pseudo bond it is it's a dysfunctional unhealthy low Hmm. low tier of bonding and it's easy it's easy to talk about other people it's hard to go create an amazing life drop the mic <laughs> rip this thing down yeah so okay so raising your vibration mm-hmm. we love to be like raise your vibration yes. like your chakras and like what okay yeah so like what does that mean well we're all tuned to a certain frequency right we're, we're all energy okay everything is energy you can look it up it's scientific it's okay it's, it's science it's science people so <laughs> you know we we are tuned to a certain frequency and you know our thoughts and our feelings really indicate our vibration, our state of being. Okay, right. It's and almost so, like your headspace or your mentality. Like what is kind of the the soundtrack of your yeah, mind? Absolutely. And there are there are charts out there. The Hawking scale is a measure of consciousness. And if you're worrying 
or and you know feeling a lot of guilt and shame you're going to be vibrating at a lower frequency hmm. it's low it's dense it's dark you okay. know you're kind of like this you know you're, you're and it has that effect on your body it has, you literally exactly. feel defeated if i feel defeated i'm going to physically look posture myself and experience yourself as being defeated mm. and people are going to feel that energetically whether they're sensitive to it or not whether they are aware of it or not they're going to feel it like attracts mm. like magnetically yeah. So a higher vibration is really being in a state of being that feels good and that, you know, you're standing a little taller because you've, you're thinking thoughts. And it's not positive thinking. It's thinking based in truth. Okay. So you need to find the truth within you and build on that. Wow. Because if you're trying to fix yourself with positive thinking, you won't align with it unless it's true for you. Mm. It's like saying, I'm super fit when I'm not. I'm not going to buy into yeah. it. You know, yeah. I know what's true. Yeah. And when you know it's true, you have to, it has to be based in truth for you to believe in it. And then you just continue to maintain your vibration. Okay. And we're not always up here all the time. It's sure. like enlightened beings. You know, we have moments of enlightenment. We don't become enlightened. Hmm. Whoa. So it's like the stereotypical, like, woo-woo juju, like, positive thinking. Yes. It's just like... You just if, have to think positively. Yeah. If you're just like, if you, you know, let's say, like, I have 30 pounds that I, I'd like to work through and develop into strength. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, like, I am so fit right now. It's like your brain is going to be like, freaking bullshit. Like, right. no. And, and you're... It's like you instinctively, but what you're suggesting mm -hmm. is like, what's the alternative to that? I have 30 pounds that it's my intention. I want to shift that energy mm -hmm. in my life and make some changes. What is a more realistic um, thought or statement that would be building on truth like you're describing? Well, it's multi-layered. First of all, I like to go into the vision of the body that I want to have. And okay. I'm actually doing this now. Like, I'm just taking it seriously. I want to be in amazing shape by the time yeah. I'm 50 because okay. I want to learn to use self-mastery in that way now mm -hmm. instead of hiding behind it. Cool. So it's really getting a clear end result. You know, what is the vision? What do I want? What do I want to look like? How do I want to feel? And then it is dropping into the current reality and notice what's not working and then notice what is working focus on what's working and take obvious action that is going to carry you to that end result okay so if I'm baby state of mm -hmm. starting these changes and making these moves and if I'm like all right I'm done I'm like I'm wanting to make a real action with my health goal with my fitness goal what's like what would be a baby step is it as simple as being like I should probably not have like my favorite all-time like Halloween candy in the house like what yeah you know I'm a big proponent for not eliminating because I feel like it's restrictive and limiting I'm very infinite right okay. so what am I gonna do what am I willing to do so that I can have that candy you know if I truly want it okay it's so my my belief is just working on it every day what's one thing I can do today What's one thing that I can do today okay. that will propel me towards that? Because it's difficult when you're a yogi and you're practicing yoga every day and then you have a child at 43 mm -hmm. and then you quit doing yoga and then it's time to go back to yoga. Your body looks different. It feels different. You don't have the strength that you had. You don't look like you did in those cute little, you know, Lululemons. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> and um, so it's really important to just be like, okay, what can I do today? What, you know, what action can I take today that's going to support me, A, experiencing myself in the way that I want to experience myself, feeling good, and moving towards my end result, and having a clear 
plan, you know, uh, not a plan, but a clear direction. Okay. Yeah. I like the difference between plan and direction. Yeah, direction. Who do I want to be in the face of this? And in what way can I take care of myself? It's going to, that not only, and not waiting till then, right? That end result to feel good, but doing what I can do now to start feeling good now so that I'm not punishing mm. myself to get to my yeah. goal. Yes. I'm actually like enjoying my workout and doing a workout that feels true for me, a more intuitive yeah. workout uh. and not going out and just busting myself and punishing myself because yeah. we're going to burn out with that and yeah. then we're just going to feel defeated. And this uh. is about feeling infinite and charged and energized, yeah. which is what we get to experience now before we even get to the end result. Mm. That's such a diff- different shift of approaching any kind of goal because I love that as we're describing this it's like if I'm coming out of a relationship Mm -hmm. and I've had lots of teetering back and forth and I'm trying to create a new experience I could spend all day being like like the looking on social media equivalent mm-hmm. of that would be like, well, wh- how could I poke the bear of like continuing conflict? You know, I've been uh, married and divorced and, you know, ending, you know, I'm versed in relationships, you know, and it's like those moments of like, do I poke the bear and get obsessed mm-hmm. with a pattern of relationship? Because really it's easier to focus on the frustration and the fights easier. I just heard this expression, if you don't want to play games with someone, don't throw the ball back. Right, put the ball down. Yeah, (laughs) and so it's like, it's so scary to put the ball down and to be like, I'm gonna learn a new sport now Mm -hmm. or not play sports and like, I'm gonna go work on myself and whatever and to shift that energy, that is terrifying. For me, it's terrifying to leave I'm much more like I love people and I'm like, ugh, ugh. So it's like to be like, wow, uh, here's the great unknown. And same, I think, with with eating and with our relationship with our body. How often do we just like, brutally, I'm going to hit the treadmill. I'm going to like drink like soup broth because Kim Kardashian is doing it or something. Right, exactly. You know, deprive myself and punish myself relentlessly until I'm in the shape that I want to be. And then I'll be happy. But you're suggesting that it's like, along the way every single day experiencing like having the vision of where you want to be aiming towards having mm-hmm. a direction i love that the direction, direction feels fluid yes it versus is. plan i'm like oh shit i had two extra twinkies today i don't really eat twinkies mm-hmm. too much yeah. but uh, <laughs> i didn't see you as but you know being like all right okay kit cats i had some extras from the <laughs> office uh, and uh and and then i you know then i typically do like a downward spiral right mm-hmm. and what you're suggesting is it's like all right if i could take the stairs when i come into this building every day rather than going for the elevator and if i parked a little further away at the end of the parking lot when i go to the grocery store yes. that is practical obtainable and i can be in the experience that i want to be having of lining up with my vision and if i had a couple extra kit kats well then i did for today yeah. and that was the choices that i chose to make in the moment that was my solution that was my that was my mo and then it's not something that's like oh no like yeah you don't want to go into you know beating yourself up if you've done it you've done it who do you want to be in the face of it right are we going to hemorrhage our energy now beating ourselves up for doing something that we should not have done i mean i would like to enjoy the chocolate that right? i'm choosing enjoy to the, the chocolate enjoy the lift that it gives you and yeah. then you know as and then for me personally when i work out i choose to eat differently 
naturally. Yeah. And allowing that to have happen naturally mm-hmm. is a lot different. But if we start depriving ourselves and limiting ourselves, we're going to experience ourselves as limited, as deprived, and we're not going to we're we're likely going to take ourselves out of our end result. And the only way to fail is to take yourself out. You know, and just to completely quit. There, everything else is just quit and adjust. Say that again. <laughs> the only way to fail is to take yourself out, is to quit. Hmm. What does so that mean? F- that means that, well, in the, the way that I live my life is I create and I see what's obvious and I make adjustments. If what I'm doing is not working, I pivot. I make an adjustment and I keep con- continuing to create and go for my end result. But a lot of times when we don't get what we want, because we want the instant gratification, hence the Kit Kat. Sometimes, you know, we just want that instant gratification. The Kit Kat or the Instagram yes, feed scroll or yes. the, the text back. Go back, back. to the ex-boyfriend or yes. the whatever. Yeah, the text back. The, yeah. the, the, the Grab the phone as soon as it pings, you know. Yep. It's important that we mm-hmm. have discipline. But when our, and our discipline can be more in alignment when we have an end result, when we have a vision for ourselves, when we have some direction that we're going in. Mm. Otherwise, we're just like this feather in the wind that's just blowing in every direction, reacting to whatever life is serving up. Yeah. And we don't think we're creating it. Yeah. Right? We're just reacting to it. Now I don't want that. Well, yeah. what do you want? You know, it's really important to get clear on what do I want? And is what I want more important than having this Kit Kat? And then it becomes more of a lot, you know, it's like it becomes obvious. Right. If if I eat this, am I going to have the experience I want to be having? When I typically eat two Kit Kats, do I beat myself up, or can I be like, okay, awesome, I'll take take the stairs twice tomorrow during my lunch break or whatever? You know, yeah. it's just really not mm. beating yourself up, but giving yourself the freedom because that's you know we're here to experience free will, and we are responsible to ourselves for the experience we want to be having mm. in every moment. There's yeah. all these milestones that we go for, but there's a lot of life happening between those, yes. you know, between That's high school graduation life. and college graduation yeah. and, you Getting know, finding and a career. The and ha- exactly. And the house. So in all these yeah. moments, if we're just looking to the next milestone, we're missing out in the moment. Mm. How do you, as, you know, you have two amazing children Thank and, you. you know, you're, you have a husband, like you have many moving parts in your life and you're a professional. What's been one of the biggest things that has kept you feeling rooted in like really taking life in around you and not putting all of your energy into, you know, the stereotypical living vicariously through your kids, you know, putting all this pressure of like my kids are if, you know, because in that sacrificial draining energy as a mother versus a conscious you know, like just being in the seat of your power, what's worked for you with that? You know, once I was clear on which of the foundational, aka core beliefs that were playing out underneath my awareness, I was more onto them and mm-hmm. onto myself. And I was no longer willing to give those beliefs the power. And there's 12 of them. And, you know, until we understand what they are and we get them from the age of, you know, when we're born until we're seven, these these beliefs are what really helps us orient and have safety and feel loved and get what we want when we're young. And are they positive or negative? These they're, you know, they're typically they typically are played out in a in a dysfunctional way. OK. Right. So it's okay. like I'm not worthy or I need to be perfect or I don't have the capacity. So the capacity one is a big one. 
in my life because okay. I was a single mom. I didn't think I had enough energy. I had an amazing experience raising my daughter as a single mom. I mean, I wouldn't give it up for anything. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments though, when I don't think that I can be present because I've got this to do and that to do, or I need to get this kid to sleep so that I can go have a, a bath, you know, it's like, it's really letting go of the controlling aspect of it and just allowing life to be what it is and then be who I'm gonna be in the face of it based on the experience I wanna be having. Those are like the three tools that I really, you know, I'm, this, my boy is now seven and you know, he's, he's a boy. <laughs> and sometimes my capacity, I feel like I'm reaching my limit and I get scared that I'm not gonna do it right or, or there's something I want to be doing or I may be sending a text and he's talking to me and I can't do two things at once, I just can't. Yeah, I'm just not willing to. Sure. It's not comfortable. <laughs> so it's, it's really, you know, who do I wanna be in the face of this? Can this text wait? Do I wanna give my son my undivided attention? And also, when do I teach him, you know, the boundaries of, hey, I'll be with you in just a minute, you know, and you can learn to self-soothe yourself for a few minutes while I'm doing what I'm doing for a few minutes and then we'll meet together and then demonstrating that too. So for me, it's all about, you know, knowing that I always have enough energy when I'm aware of my connection to the, you know, the source of all that is, the all-providing generator of life. And in remembering that, I bring awareness to that, I connect to that or be aware of that connection to that. And then it's infinite. It's, I can be in traffic or with a child that's screaming and pitching a fit or with, um, you know, in relationship, you know, there's no relationship is perfect. There's arguments and it's always comes back to who do I want to be in the face of this? Who do I want to be and what am I demonstrating here? Yeah. And what experience do I want to be having? Mm-hmm. And what can I do to orient myself to this situation so that I can have an amazing time and hopefully invite someone else into that amazing time too? Mm, well, and if you have a screaming kid like you're talking about, like in the middle of Target, full meltdown, for me, I don't have babies yet, but it's like, you know, if I'm around someone that's having a meltdown in public, I immediately am like, oh my gosh. I start making it, what does it make it mean about me? Yes. And so I can imagine like with the child, the screaming child in the back of the car, you know, it's like, what am I making it mean about me? Yeah. And detaching from that sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm out of control. I can't control. What are these people thinking? What are they, the externals, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was that an overnight thing for you oh, to God, learn? No. <laughs> no, but we did spend a lot of time on the road driving from Charleston to Asheville with a screaming kid in the backseat and we tried everything. We would do chants, we would sing Sanskrit, we would play music, we would argue, we would do all the things and eventually, I realized that I was making it mean something about me, that I couldn't control him mm-hmm. or keep him from being who he is. And that was a big mind explosion for me. And to realize that I didn't need to prove that I was a good mom, that I needed to be of service to the situation mm-hmm. and be of service to him and not give him messages that it's not okay to cry or that he, you know, he, I think he probably hated being in a car seat. He's a free, young, wild boy yeah. who doesn't want to be tethered, and neither do I. Yeah. And so it's just, it's it's almost seems cruel when you think about how tight those t- car seats need to be. And yeah. when I was sitting on my like mom's lap in the ride. front of a Volkswagen, <laughs> like a Volkswagen with a cast iron, you know, what are the dashboard, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah, so for me, it was a lot of trial and error and just realizing like, wow, I am responsible for, 
who I'm being and what energy I'm bringing to that. And if I'm getting agitated because he's crying, that's not going to that's not going to be a high enough vibration to invite him out of. Okay. You know, so I want to be what my um, teacher calls the pace car, right? Where I'm monitoring my energy. And if I'm taking care of myself and I'm self-soothing, if you will, and staying calm and present and aware and having an experience that I want to be having because I'm in control of that, he's not. Yeah. If I make him in control of that, then I'm codependent. Then I need him to be okay in order for me to be okay. And that applies to anyone and everyone. Yes. And when you can become masterful of yourself in that kind of environment, then anything, you can see that anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And when I started to really experiment with that, I would notice that his energy would change. Whoa. And, yeah, I, and I even ask, do this like, now on the airplanes with kids I don't know. If they're okay. crying like four rows up, you know, I get that immediately like, oh, God, are we going to be on an airplane with a crying yeah, kid? Yeah. You know, and then, I, and then I get on to myself. And I'm like, put my hand on my heart and I just start... You know, being the light lo- in the love, noticing my own connection, and then I start sending that energy to that Your child. own connection. Like, you yeah. go from being, like, externals, what's yes. happening, to being, yeah. like, all right, here I am. Dropping in. Feel frustrated, and here I am mm-hmm. in this moment, and yeah. I'm okay. So you, like, start detach. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I detach from what the environment is. The bomb's going off Exactly. You. Thank mm-hmm. you. And then I drop into my own internal experience, and then I start to manage it. I start to breathe and realize, okay, what would I love to experience instead of this? It's one of my favorite questions. Yeah. What would I love to experience instead of this? Okay, well, what can I do? Well, I could just, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep breathing. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to put my hand on my heart. I'm going to feel my own connection. And then I'm going to send that love. And I'm going to imagine that child being soothed by my my soothing myself. Mm. And each time I've ever done it, it, it's miraculous how that child will calm down. But we can't calm a child by shaking them and yeah. telling them to stop. <laughs> yeah, and being like, don't do like yeah. just threatening their life. Like, that's not... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It didn't work for me, and it doesn't work as a mom. And and really, you know, those four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, those are such staples. Yeah. And it's like, A, don't take it personally, you know, mm. because as a mom, when your kid's screaming, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, and you are making it about you. Yeah. What are they going to think about me? What, you know, what kind of a parent lets their child behave this way? Yeah. Right. So it's important to just disassociate from what everybody else thinks because it's not going to help you out of that situation. It's only going to perpetuate your stress. And then drop in and and just give yourself the experience you want to be having and know that, that that vibration can support other people going to the higher vibration. So, so the pace car. When there's a child in the back seat scream, or like if your child is having a meltdown on an airplane, what do you re- like? What's a practical like? What would you really want to be experiencing of that? Like you know, what does that actually look like mm. in that moment as a mom? You know, you're like, what would I like to experience? What would you like to experience? Yeah, I want to experience you know having a control over myself. Right, so that I'm not dropping into that vibration, and then I'm not trying to please everyone around me because that's not my job. Everyone, I like to assume, and I use that word carefully, that everyone is in control of themselves, that everyone is responsible for themselves. And I came from a very people pleasing epidemic, right? Like it was my sickness was I wanted to please everyone. If everyone else was comfortable, then I could be okay. Well, that was exhausting. 
it requires a lot of work and I was really good at it so I did it a lot and and what it did was it just kept people out of their power so when I'm in that situation and I say this you know in retrospect because it doesn't always work but I make every attempt to is just be in my own experience and also now because I'm a self-mastery teacher I want to demonstrate Mm-hmm. So I take those opportunities to just be in my own power and then extend love to my child and not worry about what everybody else is doing. But what they're seeing ha- can have an impact on them to do it differently, to not yank their kid or, um, you know, shame them because they're not comfortable on the flight or their yeah, ears because their might ears be are blowing right. up on the inside. Like, yeah. sorry, I'm crying and I'm three and I don't know what's happening. And we all wonder why we live with shame because we're not allowed to be who we are. Mm-hmm. And so it's really allowing me to have my reaction, deciding what it's ma- what am I making it mean about me, what would I love to experience instead, and what becomes obvious. What would I like and what becomes obvious to me in order to do that? And when I'm in my shit and I'm freaking out, I have no access to that information. None. I'm trying to put out a fire. And when I'm trying to put out a fire, I'm completely disconnected from the very information that's going to give me what I want. So i got to put out the fire in my heart first. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, I'm going to do my own uh, fire-putting-out experience of Mm -hmm. calm down. My reaction, my trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I'm in reaction, I can't create. I'm just, you know, covering geysers. Yeah, you're outside of yourself. Exactly. So being able to check in with your own internal world, stop focusing on putting out geysers, because I love how you said, like, you know, and, and I didn't even realize that I started, that I do this until I started this work that we've been doing together of... Um, how much I'm looking for everyone else outside of myself to be okay and then I give myself permission to like let let go and you know be like oh okay we're all good now but it's like that is an uphill battle for eternity eternity and it's also just a mental trap of like if you know because you're never going you cannot ever control other people around you and if they're if your cousin's going to show up, you know, without a shirt on to Christmas <laughs> dinner and, you know, like be on this like fourth, you know, tall boy. Yeah. Like it's going to be a very uphill battle to be able to like, you know, control the things that are around and outside. And that's just for me, that's such a breath of fresh air to just know like it's not on me to be able to make everything perfect and that's OK. Yeah. We can't go around creating our environments all the time. We have an inner environment that that is easy. No one can control it. Only we can. And when we take, when we tune into that, because it's a hard habit to break. We grow up doing this because, in our family dynamic, many of us needed to do that. Well, if mom's okay and dad's okay, then I am okay, right? So we unconsciously start doing this, and then we get really good at it. And we can detect people's energy and when they're oh, he's about to get mad, so yeah. I need to do this in order for him not to do that, or I need to go hide and you know whatever yeah so it's like if you just drop into your own self then you can create the environment within yourself and then you can actually affect your outer environment yeah so it's counterintuitive but by going in you can actually directly affect your outer environment by bringing your own vibration up and inviting people into that by just being who you are and not letting your cousin who showed up without a shirt on with his fourth tall boy ruin your Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is all too relative and, and you know, like with the holiday season in full right. swing. Um, yeah, that's liberating. And 
I think it's amazing too with um, with working with animals and watching people. Like I have a very good friend um, that is a dog trainer and. I brought my golden retriever um, and was around her and I was like bitching about, you know, he does this stuff and he's like so not good with me on a leash. He's great with my partner, but like with me, he just doesn't respect me. Like I like had this whole story and she was Mm -hmm. like, well, you don't respect yourself. And I was like, what? No, 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 no. Like this isn't about me. This is this dog. It's messed up about the dog. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, doing this work with her for years and years, understanding like, even with animals. Animals are a reflection of what we tolerate. And like Tony Robbins has that mm-hmm. statement, you know, we get what we tolerate. Yeah. And if you, an animal is only doing what it's been exhibited is okay, encouraged, you know, like if a dog jumps and forever we're like, oh my God, it's cute. And then you have guests come over and then the dog tries to do the same pattern and you're like, oh, Fido, no. Right. And it's like, what the dog is like, yeah. what? Why are you trying to trick a bitch? Like, <laughs> don't do this to me. So it's like to see and like with me walking with my dog on a leash and him going in front of me, you know, she was like, if he steps in front of you and you're going in front of him, you like step on his toe like obviously like you're not like crunching your dog's Mm -hmm. toe but like go on your path and i was like "Uh, i can't i'm I'm not gonna i'm not gonna step on his foot i have shoes on i'm not gonna do that and she was like oh but you'll let him step on you all day long who else do you let step on you and make you a doormat when you are in the driver's seat or you are supposed to be in the driver's seat and it's like oh my gosh like that energy translates everywhere everywhere and we like you're saying we set the pace car we give people the invitation to rise up and if we're forever like catering to like oh no like don't be upset oh it's okay like like i love my dad like he's amazing Mm -hmm. and like when we go out to eat like he's like mr grumpy gills at times like he's like looking for every excuse of like oh this is this guacamole is overpriced and whatever and and it's like you know I love it. That's him. Like, that's the generation he's from, whatever. And for me to sit at that table, and I used to be like, to any server, he'd be like, Ma, I'll take my Coke, whatever. And then I would be like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like, oh, that's so great. Thanks. Like, and I'm like exhausting myself. Overcompensating. Because I didn't want them to feel like, Oh, you know, this my dad's a jerk and uh and what it and it's like because i didn't i was making it mean that i was a jerk if i was sitting at a table with someone having their own experience and then i needed to like balance it out and it would wipe me out and it's like how liberating to just be able you know i just got back from a trip back to austin and to sit at kirby lane and have some sweet little 16-year-old guy taking our order, and he was not the best at customer service, I will tell you that. And to know that my dad is gonna be fully who he is, and I'm gonna be who I am, and I don't have to come in and jump and rescue Mm -mm. anybody from having their experience. And that I don't have to make it mean anything about me if my dad, you know, thinks that guacamole is overpriced. Right. It doesn't identify you. No. I came up with this cool little like karate chop when I first started learning that technique. I was just like, that is not mine. <laughs> and it was like, I would separate it from me and I'd be like, that is not mine. Back to me. Back yes. to me. <laughs> yes. 
So practical things for wrapping up our Ruby Hour session. So we have our karate chop of <laughs> when can you identify when someone or something on social media or the people around you are being exactly who they are mm-hmm. and maybe it doesn't align with who you would like to be to have the I give you permission to let go of trying to control everyone else controlling your five-year-old controlling just you get to manage you yeah and I'll tell you if you've gotten really good at that then you have all the skills you just apply it to yourself you've already had taken all of this time to learn how to go out and handle everybody else but give that to yourself Mm -hmm. that's self-love that's self-care I love it I love it well Thank you so much for being on the Ruby Hour. And um, Jessica, how can people get in touch with you and follow more of these teachings, this headspace, if they want to raise their vibration (laughs) and get out of some of those patterns, where can they find you? I have a website, jessicaruger.com. It's J-E-S-S-I-C-A-R-U-E-G-E-R.com. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, Jessica Ruger. I think there's only one of us out there, so that's kind of cool. Good. The one and only. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Be sure to like and subscribe and follow. Tag a friend if any of this information is helpful. And we will see you next time.